0: Act One of Mademoiselle de Belle-Île by Alexandre Dumas. Translated by Francis N. Campbell, 1809-1893. to 1893. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Dramatis Personi. Five gentlemen of the court of Louis XV.
1: The Duke de Richelieu.
2: Read by Thomas Peter. The Duke de Montt. Read by
3: Craig Franklin. The Chevalier d'Auvray. Read by Kurt. The Chevalier d'Aubigny. Read by Jason in Panama.
1: Charmilac.
4: Read by Alan Mapstone. The Abbe de Rosanne. Read by Todd.
5: The Marchioness de Valcourt read by sonia gabriella de Belle-Isle, read
6: by devora allen mariette read by liana
3: footman read by roger moline servant read by owen cook
0: narrator read by sandra schmidt the scene is in the palace of the duke de bourbon at chantilly near paris act one scene i the marchioness's dressing-room she is seated at her toilet oh go on go on to the signature
5: not one of these letters but i know its contents by heart beforehand your ladyship is vastly indifferent this morning why canst thou not see that all these professions of devoted love and eternal constancy are not half so much addressed to any poor personal merit of mine as to my supposed influence with his Grace, the Duke of Bourbon, Prime Minister of His Majesty,
7: burn, child, burn, burn. Mariette, reading, Monsieur de Noce, burn. Monsieur de Duras, burn. Monsieur d'Armont, burn, burn, burn. Here's lots of love, all vanishing in smoke. Nothing from Monsieur de Richelieu. Nothing. Hey-o. really, rarely madam your ladyship must permit me to say that i feel quite anxious about you anxious and why pray why to tell you the truth madam you appear to me threatened with a serious attachment what to the duke de richelieu i'm in a fever about it take care madam people have died of love i believe pshaw sure. poor mrs valence the upholsterer's wife i believe that kind of
5: people do die of that sort of things sometimes
7: well if i were your ladyship i'd take some care however pray what makes thee suppose my case so dangerous all the symptoms madam for instance your ladyship's anxiety when monsieur de richelieu's letters don't arrive your indifference to whole heaps of other folks epistles A constancy of interest which, as far as I can observe, has lasted three whole weeks. (laughs) Three weeks, eh? Really, so long as that. I believe you have only been in my service so long. Just so long, my lady. But that's a perfect lover's eternity. And I really think your ladyship's complaint has reached the highest pitch of danger. I only hope it ain't catching. I could astonish thee much more were I to
5: tell thee.
7: Oh, what, madam? How inquisitive you are, child. I hope your ladyship will excuse me, but it is so long since I've had the pleasure of being astonished at anything. Enter a servant.
3: An ecclesiastic, the Abbe de Rosanne, desires to know when your ladyship would allow him an audience. Hey The Abbe de Rosanne.
5: Oh, admit him, admit him instantly and do you mariette leave me for the present exit mariette how many years have passed since i have seen him how full of strange events those years have been and now i who have struggled for so long unaided in this sea of difficulties find at the very moment of utter discouragement the friend the counsellor
0: the guide of my early youth enter servant and monsieur de rosanne
4: may an obscure and humble individual of my grave calling be permitted to trespass for a few moments madam upon your time and attention
5: he does not know me he actually does not know me
4: i am aware that my dress and manner must form a strange and discordant contrast to those of your usual solicitors madam and that a poor country curate will probably commit more than one conventional sin while addressing the brilliant marchioness de valcourt the presiding divinity of a gay court the mistress of the prime minister of france
5: no 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 not from you that title which however in your eyes alone probably degrades me is it possible you have forgotten elise de Varenne, your pupil at the convent of st Cyr? In those happy, happy days when you were my confessor and I had so little to confess, good heavens, Mademoiselle de Varennes, the Duke of Bourbon's niece, therefore, most certainly not his mistress, even so, my dear, dear Abbe. But how, when, where? Oh, sit down, sit down, and let me again pour my confession into your ear and receive the consolation of your sympathy the benefit of your advice you remember that just at the time when you were appointed to the distant mission
4: whence i have only returned within these few
5: days after ten years absence from my native land i a child of scarce fourteen years was betrothed to m de fronsac himself only sixteen now the too notorious duke de richelieu i returned after the ceremony to my convent my husband to the superintendence of his tutor under whose care he was to travel and finish his education till such time as we were considered old enough to fulfil the contract we had entered into
4: tis a foolish custom a foolish custom and has bred more mischief and misery than virtue or happiness i fear go on my dear daughter
5: how the four years prescribed were spent by him i know not but alas can well imagine by me father they were spent in one blissful dream of the happiness that awaited me the fair youthful face and form of my boy husband perpetually flitted before my fancy and every day told me that time was but maturing his graces and perfecting his mind so passed those four long years to me in joyful anticipation of my future fate judge oh judge of the bitterness of my disappointment of the anguish shame and indignation i felt when within a week of the time appointed for the solemnization of our marriage the realization of all those happy happy visions
4: go on my dear child
5: no At the bare recollection of the cruel insult, my emotion chokes me even now. Within a week, I say, of the day when my husband should have claimed me, I received from him this letter. Here it is. Oh, here it is. I have worn it like a hardening talisman against my heart from that moment, and I sometimes think it has turned my very heart to stone. Rosanne reads, Mademoiselle, a contract entered
4: into when we were both of us children and utterly unable to judge or choose for ourselves cannot i am persuaded appear binding in the eyes of a person of the excellent judgment i am told you possess it is therefore i am sure as much for your satisfaction as my own that i propose relieving you and myself from the absurd obligations which have been thrust upon us by others a divorce will be easily and speedily obtained and i flatter myself mademoiselle that this step will prove the sincerity with which i remain your very obedient humble servant richelieu poor child
5: poor child your eyes are filled with tears you feel this bitter blow this withering mortification for me oh but years have passed since then and i have led such a life and lived among such people and seen such things that my tears never come out of my heart now and i laugh all day long at everything for existence itself has become a jest and a mockery to me this is
4: terrible indeed
5: but how came this divorce not to take place because i fell mortally sick upon this very blow and at one time of my illness was supposed dead monsieur de richelieu was informed of the fortunate circumstance of my demise and when i recovered i hadn't the heart to have him undeceived you see my dear Abbe, dying was more convenient even than divorcing and saved the world of trouble
4: and since then
5: since then become of age and inheriting an independent fortune I determined to follow the course of this very man my husband for he is my husband still and for now six years i have known all the details of a life whose reckless profligacy may have wearied heaven but has not destroyed my love you love this man alas with all my soul there is no transformation no disguise no assumption that i have not undergone to follow him in all the tortuous path where he deigns to walk disgusted indignant heart-sick spirit-weary i have been ready to die with grief and shame at his proceedings nevertheless sometimes i have been the means of healing those wounds he had inflicted sometimes i have interposed between his fatal arts and women about to fall victims to them i have spared him some crimes i have as far as i could atoned for those i could not prevent i have done some good to him for him o father i do not regret the agony i have suffered while thus struggling to reclaim my husband
4: bless you my dear dear child and heaven will bless you and will crown your efforts with success but how in the name of wonder is that i find you here in your uncle's palace and stranger than all under the title of his mistress
5: the singular life i was leading the profuseness of my expenditure my isolated position and some poor remains of personal beauty which all this sorrow had not destroyed made me soon an object of curiosity and observation i found my situation become every day more difficult and dangerous and at length I had recourse to my uncle, who, in common with the world and my most affectionate husband, believed me dead. I see.
4: He received you and kept your secret.
5: Exactly. But the world not being prone to give men and women credit for perfectly disinterested friendship, and Paris being especially little favorable to platonic attachments, the natural inference became that i was the duke's mistress
4: the name you have assumed
5: oh yes i know might belong to anybody or anything valcourt bellecourt to be sure may stand for anything one pleases but pray remember monsieur l'abbé that it is the very few people's business and nobody's interest here to trouble their heads about my calling
4: I am sorry you should have lent yourself to a situation involving such a scandal, nevertheless.
5: Scandal, my dear Abbé? To be sure, you have been ten years in the colonies, and maybe pardoned your innocence. Why, I am considered the most virtuous, as well as the most charming of women, my supposed protector being Prime Minister. I assure you, not only all the nobles of the court, but all their wives are at my feet and as for the churchmen my levies are thronged with bishops my assemblies with archbishops and as for Cure and abbe, i beg your pardon my dear friend they positively cost me a fortune in wax-lights they make my rooms so dark with their black livery the only grave thing about them believe me and to be sure they do all they can by the liveliness not to say looseness of their conversation to atone for the gloominess and stiffness of their costumes
4: and monsieur de richelieu still suspects
5: nothing he is become my most intimate friend and now nothing loath brings me the confidence which formerly i was forced to surprise tis a curious position let me tell you that of a wife who is her husband's unknown confidant
4: it seems strange to me that he has never addressed you as a lover
5: instinct depend upon it he would i have no doubt if i had not been his wife how have you the heart to jest i've positively no heart left for anything else besides in the life i lead and a short observation will convince you of the fact laughing has often precisely the signification of tears and sighs when one's tired of the one one takes to the other and it still means the same thing and lips that have exhausted the relief of complaint will utter the pleasantest jests upon their own misery it's only one way of easing one's heart believe me and the heart must be eased some way you know or
0: break enter a servant
3: the duke de richelieu wishes to be permitted the honour of waiting upon her ladyship
0: the duke de richelieu
3: His Grace has only this moment arrived from Paris and wishes to know if her ladyship is visible.
5: Oh, certainly, admit him. Now, my dear Abbe, will you stay and see how admirably I carry on this sad farce? No,
4: indeed, for I am not as well bred as your ladyship and would surely betray myself or you or both of us.
5: You have postponed your suit to the Duke de Bourbon's mistress in listening to Elise de Varenne's story never mind you are sure of my interest and you have no idea how immense that is pray remain in the palace while you stay in chantilly i cannot afford to lose you again it is too great a luxury to have a friend
4: and i shall ever be yours most devotedly exit
0: enter the duke de richelieu
1: how charming of you to receive me so kindly even in my boots
5: I am always charmed to see you my dear duke whatever your costume so you are just come from paris
1: i arrived ten minutes ago and what have you been doing here
5: ah nothing worth being told the duke has hunted a good deal and i have received petitions
1: i envy the people that ask and receive favours from you
5: oh my dear duke a truce I thought it was agreed that there was to be no superfluous gallantry between us.
1: True. And though I am sometimes vehemently tempted to break the compact and make violent love to you. You're such a capital friend that I verily believe I should lose by making you my mistress.
5: Your friend, you certainly would. That's the common course of things, you know.
1: I thought Dauvray was at Chantilly.
5: So he is.
1: I wonder what brings him here. Is he come officially, as lieutenant of my lord's marshals, to balk some duel?
5: Not that I am aware of.
1: Did he come alone?
5: D'Ormont came with him.
1: No, really, the dear Domont. uncombed and unshaved as usual, I suppose. Upon my soul, he is the slovenliest nobleman in France.
5: So Paris would not let you go and the five days for which you went grew into a whole week
1: well and was not a week little enough to pay my court to our young king after my two years dreary exile at vienna
5: oh yes and then you know you had to see madame de villard madame de duras madame de villeroy madame de sabran madame de mouchy mademoiselle de charolais madame de soubise madame de
1: Upon my life, it's true. I didn't think there were so many. But as so many duties compel me to remain, I do not doubt that if anything of importance took place here, you would be good enough to write me a line. By the by, and you never write to anybody. It's curious enough that, in spite of our delightful intimacy, I haven't a line of your handwriting. I don't even know it by sight
5: that's rather an unadvised speech for a diplomatist my lord can the favourite of a prime minister indulge in an intimate correspondence especially with such a one as monsieur de richelieu handwriting is a dangerous thing in your grace's possession sometimes we know
1: and how goes it with your faithful adorer (laughs) d'aumont
5: indeed i don't know whether it's love of me but he certainly is half crazy
1: oh my dear lady you wrong him by half but pray tell me who is the young officer on guard downstairs this morning a protege of your ladyship's
5: of mine sir
1: ah don't look cross i didn't mean to be rude or inquisitive you know only he's a devilish handsome fellow that's all
5: i believe he has lately been promoted through the interest of the duke de bourbon
1: what's his name
5: D'Aubigny, I believe.
1: D'Aubigny. D'Aubigny. Good name. Good family. People from Brittany, I think. Oh, uh, but by the by, my dear, delightful Marchioness, talking of Brittany, I'm distractedly in love.
5: (laughs) Indeed? What, again? Since when?
1: Oh, since the day before yesterday. Now... Just imagine the loveliest creature.
5: It isn't absolutely necessary that I should hear her personal description, is it, my lord?
1: Oh, no. Not if it bores you. Well, however, she's from Brittany.
5: And you met her?
1: First at the archbishops. Then at the king's assembly.
5: Oh, I see. Some new lavaliere.
1: Not a bit of it quite mistaken, a gentlewoman of high family who has come to Paris to solicit the freedom of her father and brothers, who are prisoners in the Bastille. The Archbishop referred her to the King, and the King referred her to the Duc de Bourbon, so that she came here this very morning, an hour before I myself arrived.
5: She is here?
1: Yes. Isn't it charming?
5: Oh, very. But what is to be the result of all this
1: upon my soul that's more than i can tell but i've a notion it may turn out pleasantly
5: you have forgotten one thing however the name of your fair petitioner
1: mademoiselle de belle
5: what the granddaughter of fouquet
1: the very same
5: but the father is compromised in that leblanc business and the sons are accused of assassination
1: lord bless us yes i know those things are said about people in order to get them into the bastille the accusations are even believed as long as they are out of it and when they are fairly trapped they are left there and the whole business is not only disbelieved but never thought about by anyone again i'll tell you what my dear Marchioness, i don't know whether it is because i have twice been in the bastille myself but I really have a most sincere commiseration for those people who are sent there, particularly the second
3: time.
0: Enter a servant.
3: Mademoiselle de belle
5: Why do you announce visitors without knowing whether I choose to receive anyone?
3: Her ladyship had said this morning that...
5: Oh, yes, but I did not wish to see everybody that came.
3: Now, my dear,
1: dear Marchioness, I beseech you,
5: Oh, certainly, I can refuse your grace nothing. Admit the lady.
1: You're a perfect
3: angel.
5: My part in this business is a charming one, I must say.
3: Mademoiselle de Belle.
5: Enter Mademoiselle de Belle.
6: Madame. Pray approach, Mademoiselle. How kind of you, Madame, to receive me thus upon my first presenting myself at your door i do not deserve your acknowledgments mademoiselle they are due to his
5: grace the duke de richelieu the duke de richelieu he assured me that the business upon which you came was most pressing and could not be postponed
6: a thousand thanks then first to his grace i had already been fortunate enough to find him on my way to versailles whose gates were opened to me by his influence it seems that he is still my good angel at chantilly but let me also thank you madame "'whose gracious reception augurs so well for my success. "'You must now tell me in what I can be useful to you. "'My name has informed you who I am, "'and this intrusion must explain how urgent is the favour I solicit. "'My father, madame, and my two brothers, "'have now been prisoners three years in the Bastille. "'My father, the venerable head of a noble house, "'accused of fraud, embezzlement. "'My brothers, gentlemen and soldiers, "'implicated in a charge of murder.' Oh, madame, you must see yourself at once that these things cannot be true, and yet for three long years have I remained alone to console and support my mother, vainly hoping that justice would at last be granted them. At length my mother died, and I found myself alone in the wide world, on one hand a prison, on the other a grave. Then, madame, I set forth alone to seek redress under the safeguard of my misfortunes. And what was your intention? to see the Archbishop de Freus, to throw myself at the King's feet. Well? Well, Madame, I have been denied redress alike by both. By the Archbishop, because he said political affairs in no way concerned him. By the King, who, engrossed by the pleasures of his age, is ignorant even of the existence of those who are persecuted in his name. At length I was sent hither to present my petition to the Duc de Bourbon, and I determined to appeal to you, Madame. Why? because you are a woman because terrified at my lonely and unprotected position a stranger at court and unused to all its observances trembling at every moment lest i should commit some imprudence or be guilty of some breach of etiquette i felt as if i should be safe at once could i but appeal to the feelings of a woman
1: and you are very right madam her ladyship will do everything in her power for you i dare be sworn
6: servant
0: announcing
3: his grace the duke d'aumont The Chevalier D'Auvray. The devil take them both.
0: You see, madam, in
5: spite of the interest which I cannot but feel for you, I am under the necessity of receiving company. Some other time we will resume this conversation.
6: Some other time? Oh madame, shall I ever find you again thus gracious and condescending? Good heavens, I have yet so much to urge that would convince your mind and touch your heart. Who can assure me that I shall be permitted to see you even some other time, and that before tomorrow the persecutors of my wretched family may not have made me an enemy in her, whom I implore today as my redeeming angel? Really,
5: I am very much embarrassed. I should be too happy to give you my undivided attention, but—
7: Well,
1: my dear Marchioness, there is one way of arranging this business. Retire to your own apartment with Mademoiselle, and I will receive these gentlemen
5: your grace is really too obliging pray do the honours for me and do you
6: mademoiselle accompany me where we shall be uninterrupted heaven surely inspired me when i sought you madame and heaven will reward you both for my poor thanks are all i have to offer
0: exit with madame de Valcourt.
1: nothing can be better i release the father and the brothers from the bestium as a good action is never unrewarded i shall have my reward or there is no such thing as justice extant show in the gentlemen they come in good morning duke
2: good morning
1: ah my dear chevalier i have not seen you i think since the day when the count emmanuel of bavaria and myself were just going to cut each other's throats and you interfered and arrested me yes faith arrested me and by order of our lords marshals of france here is my hand i owe you no grudge for it
3: you're of a forgiving disposition and i can understand your owing me no grudge for saving you some ugly gash or other but the question is whether we shall forgive you for being here tete-a-tete for the last hour with the marchioness while we are not admitted even to kiss the hem of her petticoat. Pray, has
2: she delegated her powers to you, and are you to treat with us instead of the fair lady?
1: Precisely. And I shall profit by my present dignity and give you, d'Armont, a piece of advice.
2: Well, what is it?
1: Now, my dear fellow, it pleased God to make you a nobleman of the first family. It pleased the king to create you duke and peer of the realm the duchess of orleans got your ribbon for you your wife had you made captain in the guards i installed you knight of saint louis for by that same token i had to kiss you at that august ceremony now seeing that so much has been done for you by others do my dear fellow shave your chin and do something for yourself
2: what absurd stuff this was the way we all wore our beards during the regency and it was thought charming then we have not changed but the women have got some new freak in their heads about us the devil take all fashions everybody hasn't been blessed like you with the faculty of conforming to every whim of the hour nobody but fronsac could have become richelieu but i think even you will be puzzled to follow the prevailing fashion of the day-the improved morality of society as our philosophers
3: say
1: pray my dear doverez are our ladies really become so terribly virtuous as i am told they are
3: it's incredible but a most melancholy truth formerly as you know the universal custom was that a woman had one confessor and two lovers at a time now would you believe it they've reversed the fashion and they have only one lover and two chaplains it's really a frightful state of society come nonsense you always take gloomy views of things upon my soul it's true he
2: has it from the best authority too his own wife
3: no you mistake domo i had it from yours then it's sure to be true
1: how unfortunate i am to be deprived of such authentic sources of information wretched widower
2: you a widower why when were you married so long ago that i have almost forgotten it where is your wife
1: ahem i don't exactly know sweet creature lovely woman died in her convent before we could even be divorced it's a melancholy story i'll tell it to you some other time
0: servant announcing
1: the chevalier Daubigny. aha my young officer come to pay his court to the fair marchioness too upon my word he is a good-looking chap and i suspect
2: so you see that as far as you are concerned the very occupation of your life's gone the bread's taken out of your mouth as one may say and i heartily advise you to return to vienna for you may depend upon it there's nothing to be done here
1: speak for yourselves gentlemen
3: oh we speak for all
1: that's a point upon which i am not at all so certain
3: upon
2: my soul richelieu you have come back from vienna a more impotent coxcomb than you went the women there have actually wrought that miracle upon you You'd better go back there. Believe me, the game's up here.
0: Enter Madame de Valcourt with Rosanne, followed by a servant, carrying her mass book.
5: A thousand pardons, gentlemen. I have been unexpectedly detained till now, and I really now must go to Mass. To-morrow we have a ball at the palace, and shall be happy to see you all.
2: Madame
5: Madame de Valcourt, to Richelieu. Come back in an hour. I must speak with you.
3: I shall not fail. And does not your ladyship intend receiving us tomorrow morning to console us in some degree for our ill fortune today?
5: <laughs> Impossible, my dear Chevalier. I accompany the Duke to Paris tomorrow morning and shall only return in time for the ball.
1: The Duke de Bourbon is invited to Rambouillet to join the king's hunt, I understand
5: oh yes he is in higher favor there than ever the archbishop's scale is light and threatens to kick the beam so that we are still king of france
2: we We kiss kiss the hand of your majesty majesty.
5: come monsieur l'Abbe.
0: how do you think i carry it most wonderfully they all kiss her hand she curtsies and goes out
3: now just look there what were we telling you richelieu there goes madame de valcourt de Mass, with her priest on one side and her prayer-book on the other i declare the women are possessed with the devil of devotion
1: in spite of which come now a wager
3: what is it
1: i am in want of a thousand louis laumont is too miserly to lend them you are too prodigal to have them now i will win five hundred from each of you in a fair wager
2: with all my heart
1: and mine you both insist that during my absence the women have all become furiously virtuous
2: it is our sincere and very sad opinion very well
1: now mind dormant mind Dauvray. i bet i duke de Chalou, that I will obtain a private interview of the very first maid, wife or widow, that we see, either here or as we leave the palace, and that within the next four and twenty
3: hours. Stop a bit. Let's be precise, if you please. A love meeting?
1: My dear fellow, I leave all other meetings to my men of business.
3: A rendezvous, then? A rendezvous. And where shall it take place? Why, in the lady's chamber, if you like. At what time?
1: Midnight, if that suits you.
3: And how shall the thing be proved?
1: Nothing easier in life. I'll throw a note out at the window myself to you. Done. Done. Now you understand perfectly. A woman, the first maid, wife, or widow that we see, either in the palace or as we leave it oh on one condition however the lady must be handsome
3: oh certainly here look
2: look look gentlemen here comes a woman through the gallery
0: mademoiselle de belle passes to the back of the stage
3: mademoiselle de belle-isle aha this doesn't look so promising eh richelieu i'm afraid you don't feel so sure of our money gentlemen i shall win it Dependant. a thousand louis then
0: d'aubigny coming forward
3: one moment gentlemen i'll hold the stakes if you please you sir with your grace's permission and why may one ask because gentlemen i have a small interest in this wager too in three days i was to marry that lady whom his grace of richelieu has undertaken to dishonour within the four-and-twenty hours
0: end of the first act